thought we might have a little more DMX right back. What do you think, Kev? I have to, I just, just felt a little, felt good, you know. All right, all right, Kev. As you know, and I hope all you Illini fans know, big weekend for Illini football, uh, big win in College Park. Uh, I'm Ryan Evans, Kevin Ducey, a more upbeat, positive, and, and definitely, I'd say, deep breath. You know, you can exhale, feel a little bit better, keeping it orange and blue. What's up, Kev? Yeah, man, just uh, just it just set the table for a much better weekend, right? Even uh, even if my Bears lost a tough one to the hated Vikings today, even if my Urbana Tigers lost fifty to nothing to Peoria, like it's still, you know, I, I, hey, man, big ups to Urbana. Like they're playing nothing but freshmen and sophomores, and they're, they, I mean, they're getting their brains beat in, but the kids are fighting. They're not quitting. They only got like twenty two kids in the top program total but they're going to finish out the season probably go zero and nine they got danville next week but, but you know i'm proud of them speaking of danville um i i, I met caleb griffin I've, i shared it on the show at uh, the golf championship in may when we were out there for my 20th anniversary and my wife was so kind to let me go watch illinois golf she went with me and, and caleb was out there he's roommates with adrian demont de chaucer and he's a really good dude and I know he missed that one earlier, and he's he's had a couple of hiccups. But for him to be clutch and just drill that, drill that kick was just this is awesome. It was um, it's a huge momentum builder and a huge huge shift to the entire season. We looked at the schedule and we realized like, hey, we thought we could get one against Purdue. We thought we could get one against Nebraska, and we played arguably the two worst games of the season um, in those games. And I mean, the Purdue game looks a lot worse than it was. I mean, it was like seventeen to sixteen late in the third quarter. Um, but it's still for us to bounce back and win a game that we we arguably thought was one of the tougher, the probably the second toughest game on the schedule. Looking at the season to start, uh, the defense played much better, and we just did the things that we've been talking about that we needed to clean up. We need to clean up the turnovers. And we need to clean up the penalties, specifically the penalties that gave the opponent a first down or, or, or prolonged drives or took away first downs from us, and we did that. I think we had five penalties for 30 yards, 45 yards, something like that. And one of them was, you know, Johnny Newton was was in the right. I mean, their right guard jumped clearly on their field goal. They push him back five yards. That kid's not good from 40-plus. He missed one earlier in the game. Could have been a big difference, but you can't act like that either. It could have hurt us. Um, I'm glad that Maryland did the dumbass move and kicked the ball through the uprights. It's always the stupidest thing to do, in my opinion. I think you, you squib and try and pin a team down deep. If you can, um, but hey, it worked out for us. It's just a a moment. It's 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 a chance. We we now can go to a bowl game. There's there's games on the schedule starting with Saturday that, in my opinion, are winnable games. I don't think there's a game on the schedule left where we go. We have no chance um, after that performance. And I can't imagine what's going on in the locker room. I can't imagine how more more upbeat those guys are. But it's just, whew, okay. All right, now let's save the season, right? <laughs> I think, you know, you it described much of how I was feeling. I think most of Lion, uh, Illini fans were feeling after that. But I think for most of the game, we can all attest to probably feeling this, like a little disbelief midway through, 
thinking, oh, well, you know, it's going to fall apart at some point. And then uh, when you saw Maryland come and tie the game, you know, they have the momentum, even though the defense kept making plays. And uh, we just kind of felt like something bad was going to con- just, you just, you just could feel it. It was like, you know, this team's really going to have to have a heroic performance, um, do something that they haven't been doing, you know, all year to get this done. And they, and they did to a degree, but they did one thing that we saw the beginning of the year, Luke Altmaier to Casey Washington. You yeah. know? So it was a big play from both of those guys, you know, and I've been putting, you guys know anybody that watches the show knows I'm a big Luke Altmaier fan. And, you know, after what we saw from him against Maryland, I mean, I don't know how hard, you know, it's, it's, it should be easy to see why I think. He, yes. Like the thing that I think I see people talking about, Oh, he's not perfect. Yeah. He made mis- He makes mistakes. Yes. And what quarterback doesn't make mistakes, you know, uh, I feel like, but what he does, uh, what he brings to the table, you know, it's, his toughness, his tenacity. He's, you know, he never say die. He doesn't let the play before him dictate what the next one is. And, you know, he'll go get you with a, the big first down with his feet. Uh, and, you know, had a big touchdown to start the game against Pat Bryant. And then a great ball to Casey Washington, like we saw against Toledo, to really put Illinois in position for Caleb Griffin to knock that in. But um, to finish up on your point, and I think I made this last week, Kevin. Anybody wants to go back and watch last week's episode or listen, I mentioned that the only way really Illinois would have a chance in this game is if Mike's if if Maryland played like the Maryland Mike's Loxley's teams that are very undisciplined. You know, we saw the un- undisciplinedness in Champaign with his, all his teams when he was the offensive coordinator. Uh, they would just do things that you'd be like, okay, we're up 10, right? Why are we – taking our helmets off on the field, you know, why are we taunting? It's just getting personal. And guess what we saw yesterday, Kev? Yep. They they had some very key penalties that prolonged drives. It felt like, it felt like the teams inverted a little bit. It looked like the Illinois has given up so many first downs on penalties, dumb penalties, whatever you want to call them. Um, because in the heat of the moment of a football game, no player is intentionally going out to grab a guy's face mask. I mean, it just happens. A defender who's trying to get position on a uh, on on a tackle isn't intentionally putting his hands in the face, but it's still undisciplined. You've got to recognize it and 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 adjust. And those penalties worked in our favor this week, as opposed to against us, and it helped us win the ball game. Um, it, it was just you know it was really refreshing to win that game and to beat a, a, a good Maryland team, a Maryland team that gave Ohio State fits on the road for three quarters. We talked about this on the show. We talked about this on Fade the Deuce. Um, this, is, this, this, is a, this is a team that's going to probably win eight games. And, you know, we, we stole one in their place. And now you've got to come back and, and, and use that momentum. And not only did we steal a win in their place, we stole a win without arguably our second best overall player. I know PFF grades haven't done that, and he has not had his best season, but – Keith Randolph, I mean, is a darn good player and, and wasn't available, and that hurt. Um, we were down to two freshman running backs with Nick Fidanzo as our third string, I think, in case anything happened to Lawfrey or Fagan. Um, that's that's uh, Tariq Barnes banged up. Tariq Barnes didn't play. I mean, uh, that right. I saw. 
Yeah, he was yeah. injured, and so I think that they and, and Rosiak and we could talk about this. Rosiak and Lulu, I thought played really well. Rosiak especially was his we, best. Game we are, time. and we yeah. are. Then I want to talk about standouts after we're done here with this just initial reaction to it. Uh, we'll guys that stood out. It's just and, and, and eight. And, this is a not. This was going to be a nine win Maryland team. Let's not sugarcoat it. You know, right. Illinois just took that from them, uh, and I think they'll rebound and. You know, the only you know, I don't think they'll beat Penn State or Michigan, but uh, I think they'll beat everybody else on their schedule. So, um, but yeah, well, do they play Rutgers. <laughs> yeah, they do play uh, Rutgers. Did they beat them already? No, no, they play them at the end of the year. I think that'll be their last. I think it's their last game. It's uh, a better team than anybody expected. Greg Schiano's got that team playing well. So yeah, and uh, but I, I think. Really, before we get into as we transition into guys that stood out, I think all Illini fans can breathe a little better knowing that these younger guys that are playing a lot more, they're getting better, they're learning, uh, they're showing growth. And when you can stand out in a tough environment against a good team, when you know all the chips were stacked against you, uh, you know, it, that, that to me says a lot. But I want to finish by saying this. The morale in that building was not very good, and it is very good right now. So there's a lot of really good things going after that win yesterday. I think yeah, more, uh, guys, more guys are believing in themselves, and that I think less negativity and more of like belief in what you can do. Because well, it's, yeah, like, it's, like, it's like it's like sorry for interrupting you, brother. Uh, it's like this, right? And we all were frustrated with the Lovey era when he was so close to the best about what was going on with players. Um, not allowing people in in practice. And it, it's winning hides all flaws, right? It's a saying we have in sales is that high water hides all stumps, right? Is that you got sales producers in the field that, that close deals left and right, but all their back-end files suck. They're allowed to do that. If you're if you're not closing deals and your back-end files suck, you get fired. If you're not closing, if you're not winning games and you're treating the media and the fans like mushrooms, you lose your job. And Brett Bielema was teetering on that because I know that's Brett's way. And I don't know if it was always Brett's way or as a post-Belichick or like I didn't care about his press conferences at Wisconsin and Arkansas. I didn't. Yeah. Frankly, I didn't like the dude. Um, I've, I've grown to really appreciate the man. and I was really happy for that win. Winning hides all the flaws, all the problems. And, yes, guys can get me mad about they're not playing. You get, you get more mad about not playing if you're not winning. So the fact they can go to College Park, beat a good football team in a tough environment, and now you got a Wisconsin team coming to your house that's banged up. There's an opportunity there, but you got to play smart, sound football again. You got to play Brett Bielema football again next week. 100, 100%. You got to, you know, you got to win the turnover battle. Even if, if not win, it can't be, it's got to be even at the very least. Can't be in the negative. Um, and then you got to play good special teams. Guess what? Illinois special teams was pretty darn good against Maryland. Those two really, and I, nope, not perfection, but when those two kickoff returns from Isaiah Williams plus a very good kick return from Canary Wilcher, Illinois had a very good day special teams wise. Not just the winning field goal, but to get the field goal that gave us the 10 point lead and the punting, I would say, was pretty good from. Hugh Robertson, he had one that he probably would have liked back. But overall, I think the special teams from Illinois was better considering the onside kick really just gave Illinois the ball at midfield to start the half. Yeah, I, I mean, 
if not for a touchdown saving tackle by Tanner Arkin, I mean, Isaiah Williams might have got a punt return touchdown. <laughs> I remember the last time we had a punt return touchdown. Yeah, uh, I called him out a little bit in fun. Uh, I oh, said, it's, it's uh, I happened. said, uh, I said, number 85 with the, it was a touchdown saving tackle on Isaiah Williams. Uh, but yeah, it all worked out, thankfully. So we'll, I'm going to, we'll name a few standouts that stuck out to me. And I know you'll have a few. Um, first one, uh, I want to mention because heck, I said he looked like Lance Briggs Saturday was D- Dylan Rosiak. Rosiak from, uh, Dylan Rosiak. What is it? Rosiak? Rosiak? I don't know. Something like that. Dylan Rosiak. Just the way he was plugging the holes, uh, and making, yeah. and like literally lifting guys up off the ground. <laughs> and punishing them. That's to me was just prime Lance Briggs when he was at Chicago. Um, and then the big tackle he made to, on third and six on that boot from yep. uh, to a, to a, yep, that would have been a first down or maybe even a touchdown if he doesn't read that very well because he was actually hidden behind a couple blockers. And you know, if, Dil- if uh, Dylan takes the wrong angle, you know, you're not catching him. And he made that big play to force the field goal. Uh, so he was a standout to me. He's been getting better and better every week. I yep. think what he does lack in speed, he makes up with his instinct and uh, his tackling ability. I think he's probably, to be honest with you, maybe the best tackler, sure tackler on the team. Um, it, it, I think if you, when they, the coaching staff goes back and watches back, Kev, there's going to be 12 to 14 missed tackles. There was a lot of missed tackles on those screens. But Dylan Rosiak cleaned up a lot of that. So, yeah, uh, obvi- the, the obvious one is the one that everybody saw, and the guy who touched the ball the most on offense, other than the quarterback, and that's Caden Fagan. This Caden Fagan played a phenomenal football game. He does a great job of of getting vertical, and, and what I mean by that is I think that backs will sometimes as they're trying to make moves or whatever, we'll, we'll try and get a little more horizontal. And Caden Fagan knows who he is. He makes a cut and he, and he beelines up the field. And, yeah, he might miss breaking one sometimes by doing that. But what he does is he gets four and five yards at a time. And I was really pleased with the offense's willingness to run the ball on first and second down with him and drive the line forward. I think that uh, Zy Chrysler played a really good game. Uh, if you look at the pro football focus grades, he was our second highest graded offensive lineman behind Julian Pearl. So really pleased with that. Um, and then I give a big, couple big shout outs to guys in the secondary that I think don't get a lot of love. Tyler Strain was really good. Tyler Strain played his ass off. He made a couple really nice plays. And Nicario Harper continues to be um, filling – all right – Filling that Sidney Brown mold where he's kind of like flying around all over the place. You see zero everywhere. And uh, I, I was really pleased with the way that that kid played. So, uh, oh, and how are we forgetting? How are we forgetting? How, how are we waiting this long to mention? Seth Coleman, welcome to Illinois football season, dude. Glad to see you, buddy. Three sacks. Yeah. And got, yep. And and he showed that, that pass rushing ability that he had. Oh, and – I'm gonna be biased about this one. Like he got a sack, he got at least one sack, if not two, that were flat out coverage sacks because of the system and the scheme that we played. You called it. We gave two a problems two years ago when we dropped eight. Um, Henry did that routinely, he threw a lot of different things at him. So I think Aaron Henry called a really good game that caused some problems. You look at the one touchdown that they, the one touchdown they had in the second half. Um, 
I mean, Tyson Rooks playing corner. That guy's a safety, and he's. Yeah. <laughs> it was his what front of his first some of his first action. Right, and they and, and kudos to Loxley and their offensive coordinator for picking on a guy brand new in the game. You you, you got to do it. It happened to be him. Feel bad for the kid. He's got some great skills and some great size there. Oh but, yeah, man. time's coming. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so I think the, I think the, I think the secondary played really well. I was pleased. I'm pleased. It was just a good game. And my last standout. So I definitely gave you Fagan. That's fine. I just needed to mention uh, Dylan. I wanted to get him in there. Um, and, and when I say this too, is obviously Luke Altmyer we mentioned played well. Pat Bryant had a big touchdown catch. Casey Washington with the biggest catch of, of them all, in my opinion. Um, how about uh, and in, at, this isn't the standout, but Aiden Lawfrey I think did a hell of a job pass protecting. He's, he's, the, the touchdown pass to Bryant was because he he made a great job picking up that blocker. Yeah, and I love that. Uh, I love that. The, I actually like that NBC crew. That was because one of those guys I forget. Uh, Black Black Todd Blackledge. Yes. Uh, Todd Blackledge is, knows the game, played it at a high level. He's a super professional. I enjoy his games. He mentioned Lawfrey a couple times and how well he was pass protecting for a true freshman running back. Um, but then to me, the other one of the other standouts that you probably didn't just see for really his only his second start, Hunter Whitenack played very well. He did, did a great job. Played very 71, well. 71 did a great job at left guard. And I think Lonnie started to call some plays that are built more for our road graders. And I, I think that worked well. And and I think having Pearl and uh, and Hunter over there is a good little tandem where you can pound the ball. And I think they were seeing some success there. Um, so happy for that. Happy for him. He's a great young man. Uh, but again, just a lot to be excited about as we transition towards Saturday and homecoming. And uh, of course, it's against you know uh, Brett's old team, but not just that. Here we go. Anyway, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know what happened, but it's it's that's what happens when you're on the interwebs. Uh, with you, you know, you get uh, there. Wisconsin's defensive coordinator. Uh, can, can we stop for a second? Can we stop for a second? Because part of what makes our show is uh, is that we have a little fun, dude. You're like the youngest person in the world that says interwebs and in, interwebs and anywho. So. <laughs> <laughs> Just, Ryan's over here driving. Ah, oh, oh, reaching in his cargo shorts for some for some keys or something. Talking about yeah. the any. <laughs> yeah, that was the best way I could transition because I noticed it was like all good, all good, man. Got to ask some we some uh, but anyway, Jim Leonard's on Illinois staff. But yes, think, that's dude. something we're not thinking about. It, he recruited all those guys on defense. He yeah. knows this. He knows the team. I mean, he was the head coach last year. Uh, for most of the year, so he does. While there are some new players on both sides, I still say I think seventy percent of that team is his guys that he yeah. helped recruit and he helped coach. So they don't do obviously the same offensive system, but defensively he knows those guys. He knows their tendencies, uh, and I think this is going to be a big week for him to help Illinois game plan. Uh, and I think he'll be a big part of it, but not just that, but. I think having Tanner Mordecai uh, looks like he's going to be out for, I think, at least a few weeks. I didn't see the update on him, but it wasn't good. Uh, I know uh, Fickle was mentioning that 
you know, it le- it looks like it's not going to be just like a a weak thing. Like, you know, I don't know if it's broken. Broke bones in his hand on that throw. Yeah, broken some bones in there. If not, he's got some messed up fingers, and that's not conducive to throw in very well. Um, And then you saw their backup, uh, Locke, I think, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Who's, yeah, just, I think, maybe about five, four inches shorter. Not the athlete that Mordecai is running around the pocket. Uh, running around escaping. And then I don't know, i gotta be honest, I don't know Braylon Allen's uh, availability because he took a shot at the, in the fourth quarter on a fourth and one where he fumbled the ball because he got hit so hard. Uh, and it looked like he was taking his time getting up like he was a little woozy. And he actually also left in the first half for an upper body injury. So he's banged up himself. Yeah. And they're, and they're already thin there. Absolutely. They're already thin there without Malusi. So this is He's a game. Year, right? What'd you say? Malusi's out. For- yeah, Malusi's out. He broke his leg against uh, Purdue. Uh, so he's out. Um, this is a game. You got momentum. You have a chance to completely swing your season. It's not – they're already on path, and I think in track to get to a bowl game now. But this could propel you to bigger things in like meaning that that game against Iowa could mean a lot, you know, even bigger than that. So you got to take one game at a time still. And that game against Iowa would probably meaning something anyway for a bowl game, but I just mean bigger things. So one step at a time, but it's exciting to have something now where your season has some meaning other than let's just get some reps for young guys. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, and Wisconsin is, is without – Without Mordecai, it really hurts their offensive chances, and uh, their their defense is is solid. I, I don't know how good it is, and I think Illinois is starting to find. It seems like they're starting to find some rhythm. The offense has put up yards, we just haven't put up points. If anybody follows a line eye, a lion eye, or a Robert uh, line eye board, he talks about all the time the point the points to yards conversion is just not there, and so our offense is able to move the ball. We just got to continue to score. One of the things that I was frustrated with in the first half, we ran the play with uh, Altmeyer kept it on the read option, picked up 12 yards, the easiest 12 yards of the game by far for Illinois, maybe other than the bomb to Bryant where the defender slipped and cried for pass interference. Um, that we, we went back to it a little bit more in the second half. And I think you have to utilize Altmeyer's legs. You just, you just have to. It just changes the dynamic of where the defense has to, from an eye discipline standpoint, and it could be a step slow getting to the back, which can create can take a three-yard run to a six-yard run. And I, I think we need to do more of that. I've called for that. The other thing we need to do more of is we saw it first first drive of the game, great drive. We put up points, score a touchdown. We hit tip hit tip Ryman early on. It didn't go back to him. Like we've got to figure out a way to get the tight ends more involved. We've got to figure out a way to get the running backs in space in the passing game, in my opinion. I, I love the what what Maryland was doing by getting their athletes the ball in space. And we do that with Isaiah, but I don't think we do it. And I, I want Aiden Lawfrey to get the ball in space because I think he's kind of special out there. I want Caden Fagan to get on the edge and have have guys who are much lighter than him try to tackle him, right? And I, I, I would like to see some more of that from our offense. And I think that's going to be really key if you want to win this game this week is that we've got to be able to be a little bit more dynamic on offense. And that's getting some more playmakers the ball where they're where they're pretty good. You know, and we've been on him really hard because he – well, he deserved it, honestly. And I've had some people 
say, Ryan, quit being a negative Nelly. And here's how I looked into it. <clears throat> I'm a negative Nelly when it's negativity is what we're watching and what we see week in, week out. You can't call it positivity, you know, when you really don't show up for the game with Butkus passed away and when you get blown out in the second half at Purdue, that's not positive. That's not happy. You know, that's not showing a team that, you know, is together. So I just call it like I see it, and I that's how I, I am. And that's not for everybody. Some people just think, oh, you're only happy when things are good, and you're only mad when things are bad. And I'm thinking, well, I did point out that I picked Illinois to lose to Penn State, and I actually wasn't upset when how the game played out. Like, they lost 30-13, to 13, but they competed – and they battled, and you saw a defensive that looked really good. And I was okay with the effort. And that's fine. That's fine. And yet, there was no complaining. Out of me. Does that make me a negative Nelly? So this week, things are different. The team, I would have been okay had they lost. I would have been upset the way that it would have been a heartbreaking loss for the guys. And I think I'd have been upset that it hurt their bowl chances. But I sure as heck wouldn't have been on here ragging on them like they didn't compete, they didn't show up. Like, so that's what I expected a fan to, to have your guys go out and compete every day and try to do play their best to give every fan and everybody who's donated money or who spent money on a ticket or who's donated their time and effort to come try to, to support them and the program. So that's how I see it, Ev. And I don't know if you see it the same way. I, I do. I do. You know, and I, 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 there's some I, like there are some things they got to clean up and some things they got to get better at. I felt that Lunning went really conservative on the drive where we got the field goal to go up 24-14. I felt like he was playing for three there. I, I just I, I felt the play calling just said, hey, we're gonna try, we're not gonna go try and punch this in. And that yeah. and that bothered me. Um you I think you knew what I was alluding to. Barry Lunny called a lot better game than he had been. So, absolutely. So he, that's he, my, my point. It was long-winded, was to get to Barry Lunny. I'm not gonna rag on him because I thought you think he did he had a bad game. I think it was a lot better. Um, that would have liked to see the tight end more, as you mentioned. Now, yeah, Ryman has 12 catches this year, and I bet you seven of them are on the first drive of the game. So, in the rest of the games he's played, he's caught five balls. Like, and I, and I, bet you, I bet you if we look at his yards, Kev, they're each for first downs almost. <laughs> oh, I think it's 12 for 169. So, I mean, it's, it's he's got a good average there. So, yeah, it's like it's almost 12 good for 152, 12.7. <laughs> 14, I, I'm pretty sure it's like every time we see him on that bootleg, he gets like 14 to 15 yards every time. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking let's use it maybe on third in the third quarter once in a while, you know. Uh, but still, and, and you know, Brett Bielema swears that it was Barry Lunny's idea to to punch it in before the half, the double dip, as they say. I hate really, it, by the way. Hated it. You hated it? I just I don't like I don't like running it out of the shotgun. I know we gave a little bit of a read option look there. I, I like I like just being able to run out under center and get the get the back just going straight downhill. But you know you've got a 250 pound back, get him running north and south. That was my problem in the Nebraska game is that we ran our smallest back in that situation as opposed to our biggest back. Yeah, using yeah using Fegan opposed to Lawfrey in that situation. I think 100 percent the right deal. The right decision. And I think he – I think hindsight, right, I think Lunny knows he probably should have used Fegan last week against Nebraska. Yeah. You know, when you look at it again, you're like, this dude falls forward for a yard every time. So we needed six inches. I think that's pretty obvious. But 
you know, in the heat of the moment, he made the wrong choice and it happens. I think too, it really pissed him off that Loxley tried like freezing Griffin on that yeah. field goal. Yeah. Bielema's like that. Like Bielema doesn't forget shit like that. And he doesn't like when the other person's like trying to show him up. So the other team. So he felt like, listen, I'm conceding a field goal here, dude. Just be, and then you called a timeout. He's like, you know what? F this. He's like, let's 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 go get six here, you know? Because and I think they were gonna play it safe and say, hey, we need to get points here. We can't just have nothing. So let's just get six. Let's just get three, and we're gonna get the ball to start the second half. That's initially what was gonna happen. And I was ticked. I tweeted about it, and I, I deleted the tweet because I was like just hoping that they'd make a different decision after the timeout. Well, then when they called that timeout, you could just see like the look on Bielema's face was like, oh, okay, you want to play like that? You want to try to freeze my kicker, you know, and like play play let's play, call my bluff here. He's like, all right, let's put Fegan in and let's go, you know, let's go get – and it worked out for Illinois' favor. And then Loxley to another thing. Loxley, and then he kicks the outside kick starts second half. And again, to, and, I, and the commentators actually said that he, they felt that was disrespectful to, to like Bielema. Like you're saying, like, first off, you're going to try an onside kick it after at halftime on Illinois. Like you don't think either – a, they can score again. Like you're saying, that team can't take the ball to 50 and go down on my team. Or, hey, forget these guys. Let's, they stole one at half. Let's take the ball back. So it worked out for Illinois. They got 14 points within, what, a minute of each other? A minute and 10 seconds, I think? It was pretty quickly. Drove down and got the other one. Yeah, so it was, it was, it was a nice swing of events is that, you know, that Maryland's going down to make the game 17-7, 21-7, and we come up and force a nice turnover. It's a good play there, punching the ball out. Who punched really that out? I know Odaluga re recovered it. I don't. I don't recall. Okay, um, because and then you, we mentioned Kanina Odaluga, and he's really played himself into uh, just a guy that you, you got to have on the field, man. And, and he uh, sticks people too. He comes with thunder. That's what I love about him. So, and adding uh, Barnes, adding Barnes back this week, I think will be will be big too to have him back in the rotation. Yeah, absolutely. You got just more guys you're confident in that you could roll out there. And man, Crutes played played well too. Let's not let's not forget that man. Crutes made a great play down at the goal line. Um, well, they ran ran a read option, and Illinois just did it so well. I was really impressed with Crutes. Uh, I thought he played well. He 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 comes to lower the hammer as well. He lowered a great block on the kickoff return too, or kickoff or the punt return. Um, I think it was a kickoff of Canary Wilcher brought back out to almost midfield. He, he laid a great block out there. So, yeah, it was just – I mean, it was just – it was a refreshing game. It was a game that was really needed for this team um, to have some semblance of excitement for the season, to lead into homecoming, possibly get a better crowd. And the Wisconsin team that, you know, I mean, the line started at two, two and a half. So, I mean, Vegas is not – Vegas thinks this is going to be another close game. Lord knows, I mean – that's what we're going to be in for the rest of the season. And, and that's okay. You just got to figure out a way to get it done. Yeah. And, and, and again, this doesn't need to be a pretty win, a <clears throat> pretty win. You know, you just gotta, <clears throat> to me, I think it's going to be a little more, more points on the board than, than Wisconsin and Iowa, but I think it can be a very similar game. I think, you know, Iowa has a very smothering defense. They've got really good players, but like you mentioned, and I think the line I fans have noticed Illinois defense is playing pretty well of late. Um, it, it, I think from the, the spot that they were put in so many times against Nebraska to only have 20 points on the board is pretty astounding. And then to hold a very high powered, the 
the lowest point total Maryland has scored the whole year besides the 17 they scored on Ohio State is Illinois at 24. Yeah. So, again, I think having Mordecai out and a beat-up back a running back group will uh, bode well for Illinois. Um, anything you're wanting to see maybe cleaned up a little bit uh, or uh, maybe – sharpened to where or maybe continued with Wisconsin that you think that'll help Illinois out against Wisconsin on Saturday yeah I think we uh we were sacked four times and I want to put about three of them on on, on Altmeyer right I thought Altmeyer played well but now the granted the dude's been beat up this year he's taken a lot of hits and so this is a this is a prox this is this is because of the things that have happened to him but what he was doing when he faced he faced some fan pressure and ran himself into sacks and he can't do that you got some pressure coming up this way, and he drops his head down and runs into sacks. He's got to be able to keep his head up and move around in the pocket. Tom Brady is the ultimate master at it. Aaron Rodgers is the best who's ever been at it. Um, but you can move in the pocket and not have to be super athletic. Dan Marino was another great one at this. Is that Altmaier's got to figure out a way to kind of like shift in the pocket and keep his eyes downfield. And I don't know what's going on with Malik LZ. I don't know if he's hurt, but I would like to see. I mean, I still would like to see more Wilcher. I'd like to see more LZ. I'd like to see receivers who can get a little bit more separation. So Yeah, uh, in the um, post-game presser, uh, somebody asked about Malik LZ because I know a lot of people were worried about it. Like, is he leaving or is he hurt? You know, are you wanting to save his red shirt? Um, I think it, uh, it – he said that Malik LZ had a hit pointer on Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. So that'll interesting. Um, yeah. And I, I want to comment a couple of things. We've got Lunkers with Lucas. So we need three wins. Northwestern and Indiana are the two games we'll be favored in, most likely. So then if you can steal one against, if you can, you can hold serve against those two, not stub our toe, then you've got Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, the other three games. Um, both Minnesota and Iowa are on, are on the road. So that that's, that's, those are tough games to win. Concerned I'm, about. But I, to me, though, Minnesota is the game that not only has Bielema's teams always played them well. Yeah, we have just we just have played them good since he's been at Illinois, you know, mm -hmm. Bielema. But also, their quarterback is struggles to throw the ball. Yeah. Uh, and again, we Illinois just has shown what they can do. Uh, you know, this Saturday and even against Nebraska, they played really well. And I think without the offensive funk. You know, it's all about Illinois' offense in that one. Is like, can Illinois not beat themselves, not shoot themselves in the foot? It's we'll like get, you said. It's like you said. If we could get that drive back, that first drive against North, Nebraska back and score a touchdown there, what does that do to the entire the, the entire game? And that's a good point. And in Lunkers with Lucas said our O line hasn't been good. I'm not going to disagree with you here, but I thought they played much better on Saturday. I thought they I thought the O line held up and did did their job. And I know I'm bagging on Altmar for a couple of sacks but that's because he's been under pressure this year. I will say this. He did throw the one pick, and I don't want to talk too long about this, but good Lord almighty, how do you miss that pass interference? I yeah, mean, that it was – Yeah. It's not even close. I mean, that was that was a bad one, and I'm glad that it didn't come back to haunt us and cost us the game. Yeah, it was a clear pass interference on the defense, and he's had not necessarily those, but he's had three or four picks this year. That really wasn't his fault. You know, there was the one against Kansas – the, the Brian went in people's hands and they ended up at, in, in defenders' hands. So that's, you know. yeah, I, he's had some bad games. The Penn State one is the worst, obviously, but 
about three or four picks were not on him this year. His numbers really, though, when the season ends, will actually probably will have more touchdowns and interceptions, and he's going to be in the top four or five in yardage of Big Ten quarterbacks. So yeah, and, uh, and by the way. I think Isaiah played a really good game. He he did, he did all the right things. He's got to come up, come down with that ball at the goal line. So that's just yeah. the ball. It's dead in his hands. He's got to make that play. Yep. And the, and the defender who knocked it out didn't even know where the ball was. He just put his hand up. But yeah, I think that's what happens when you're five nine going against six two yep. guys. You well, know, you, you saw it. He had it in his hands, and then it shifted, and then that's where he was trying to press it against his body to hold on to the catch. It's kind of the same thing that happened to Casey Washington. The ball went through, but that was a little bit different situation. Uh, and he's got if he secures that ball initially, we know that Isaiah's got strong hands. It'll be fine there. But um, I thought he was great in the punt return game, other than letting a couple balls bounce. But that's all right. Yep. And Altmaier missed him in the end zone for the touchdown before the fourth. Before the fourth. Uh, yes, fourth he did. Where he overthrew him. A little lob, a little. But I mean, I will say this. It was a nice touch on the ball, just overshot him by about a yard. But still, like that's that's a tricky one when you know you got an edge rusher coming and then you got a linebacker who catch snares out and you you gotta hit it to that precise part in the corner. But again, probably should have hit it. But uh but it, I'm glad that they, they took care of business. So real quick, we'll just make a prediction for Wisconsin Kev and uh you know, I'm okay making one. Uh I'll I'll, I'll go ahead and go first or what do you want do you wanna make your prediction? No, that's fine. Go ahead. All right, um, <clears throat> so I'm thinking, you know, I picked Maryland last week, so at least you guys all know I'm not – I don't pick Illinois every week. But I just feel like the momentum of this game transitions and, and pushes forward to Saturday. I think the players know that the coaching staff truly loves them, and I think you can see Brett Bielema's emotion at the start of the press conference. I mentioned, you know, to you earlier, like he was literally in cr- trying to hold back tears. He was so happy for his guys because he knew, you know, what's been going on behind the scenes and how the morale hasn't been very good. And he's just trying to get it through their skull that he believes in them and that the season could be salvaged and it could be saved. And they showed up on Saturday. And I think that that's going to, uh, that effect's going to, uh, fall over and carry over into a, uh, I think it'll be a decent crowd for, for homecoming against Wisconsin, his old school. You got Jim Leonard. It's going to help the st- – I guarantee Jim Leonard's going to be heavy on the defense prep or at least the offensive prep for Illinois to go against that defense. So I've got Illinois uh, – I'm going to say 21-17. Uh, I'm going to say Illinois 21, Wisconsin 17. Yeah, I'm on the same line of thought here. I think this is an opportunity here. I think the, you change – like, I think there was some stuff early in the season where we were kind of feeling ourselves, right? And I think that, you know, some people are picking us to win the West. Some idiots said we'd win 10 games. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, it's okay, man. You know those internet experts, man. Guys on the interwebs. Some people yeah. said they'd win nine games. Yeah, uh-huh. And guess what? That could still happen, counting a bull. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ten games could still happen with the Big Ten Championship, too. So, if it's Woo! All right. Go, no, I, keep, going, I, keep talking about yourself. Go on. Oh, yeah. No, no, um, but I think they were feeling themselves early on, and I don't think that they were putting in – like I think that they thought that guys like Johnny and Keith were just going to dominate and they're going to – Akis and Coleman and all, all, the, all the players that we do have, I think they just thought this was easy. And it's flat out it's not easy, and they were missing some leadership. I don't think that – I think they, they, they are – 
self-correcting now. And I'm going to take Illinois in this one, 24-23. Uh, I think Ooh, they find a way. I think a banged up, I think a banged up Wisconsin um, makes some mistakes. Uh, the one aspect about this game, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. The weather might be perfect. So that's, you know what, that's a good thing for our home crowd. It's not yep. going to be a Purdue or Michigan State game from last year where the weather was a little bit dicey on both those. Uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, J Jason Ron chimed in here. Seth Coleman said himself we should have been practicing harder. And I think that maybe the lights are on that what they need to do with it. The flat out, they just need to get out there and go do it. And um, this team can beat Wisconsin. Uh, I'd like to be a little bit – I'd love to have Keith Randolph back. I don't know what his status is. Love to have Reggie Love back. Don't know what his status is. We'd like to get Elsie back if it's a hit pointer. Most likely he's back. Jason, Jason will chime in before we're done about Keith Randolph's injury. He's been battling a, he's been battling a shin, like a bruise on his his leg, shin. I think, uh, deep bruise on those legs. You know, have you ever had one on your shin? Oh yeah, they're brutal. Yeah, they're brutal. Yeah, and he's he's been struggling with one since early. I think he got kicked in the the leg. You know, when you're getting by a, probably a 300 pounder, you know. Yeah. Uh, so those take a while to heal. And I think that's great, though. If you can get a win and rest one of the law firm. <laughs> and here's yeah. another fact. Illinois has a bye week coming up, too, after this Wisconsin game, which I think will be pivotal for their last four-game stretch. Yes. So you get confidence. That's going to be scary. Illinois can get to four and four with confidence and a bye week with four very winnable games. The yeah, the, the, yeah. then it's to Minnesota after that, right? Yep, then it's to Minnesota. Yeah, so, um, Sean, I think Elsie will play again this year as long as he can get that hit pointer figured out. Miller, I don't know. And, again, that's a sad thing. You know, his mom, who I've talked to several times, a sweet lady, she's tweeting out free eight like he's, like he's being held back. Or, you know, for some reason, George McDonald and, and, and George uh, – and Barry Lunny, do not put him in. They prefer Ashton Hollins, and uh, and uh, they prefer uh, – there's, there's some depth there. It's just tough. There is, I've, told, I've told some of the freshman parents because, you know, they'll, they'll DM me at times, be patient, okay? It's yeah. one year. I said, Isaiah Williams is graduating and he's done. He's leaving. He said that. Casey Washington, this is his last year. It's his sixth year. There's two spots opening up for sure. You know, there's Hank Beatty in there, who's who I was about to mention. So you're looking at Pat Bryant will for sure be back if he doesn't. I got to be. I was told by a couple of people that the scouts love Pat Bryant. So uh, I like Pat Bryant. Um, so he wants to. Uh, I think it's going to be. He wants to come back for a, a final year. But uh, there's going to be room next year for those guys. You know, LZ and Miller. If they just if they're just patient a little bit, uh, it, it can happen. But you never know, Sean. <clears throat> and Isaiah Williams is going to go leave to go play in the NFL. He's going to try, you know, one hundred percent. I think he can make a team, but uh, he just doesn't want to play college football anymore, and he's done with school. So uh, that's how it goes. <clears throat> but yeah, I know he can, he can definitely find a role in the right offense and his ability to get in and out and run after the catch and punt return. There's definitely a role for him in the NFL. Um, I mean, if uh, 15 for the Bears can be on the squad, he can be on, he can make a team. So, uh, so real quick before we get to final thoughts here, uh, I had a player on the team who I won't name because that's just not how it works. I want fans to know they assured me that they think that win yesterday is a 
season-changing win with momentum and morale of the team. Just things are just felt different when they got back. And today, even when the guys were talking and stuff, I know they might do a little film today, but the coaches really can't do much with them on the Sunday after a game. But that's just a word from inside the locker room with those guys, and that that's huge. So uh, with that being said, Kevin, I'll let you start quick final thoughts. I know there's been some golf. I knew we had a Big Ten golfer of the week that I tweeted at you. Kevin. Yeah, Jackson Buchanan, I think, right? Um, yeah. Actually, I'm, I'm going to stay away from golf with with this one, and I'm actually going to go on the other side of the street here. It's one of the things I've been thinking about as practices started for basketball, and I don't want to get away from football because this is a really important game coming up for us, but I've, I've already levied my thoughts there. But I started thinking about the basketball team, and one of the biggest challenges that I think that Brad Underwood is going to incur this year is – how do you get those guys on the floor for meaningful minutes? I think we got 12 guys I think can actually play at this level. It might be 13. I mean, it's hard to keep track. There's just so many dudes who can actually play. And um, when I'm looking at this, it got me thinking, there is going to be some, as they're in practice now, incredibly, incredibly intense practices going on. And there are going to, And that is going to help toughen up a team. And frankly, there's going to be intense practices with guys who are really experienced at the college basketball level, right? And I think that's a vast difference from what we saw last year if you look at who was going to be practicing and the minutes that they had coming back. I mean, you really only had two, three guys on that team that had played any real significant minutes at the college basketball level. This team has a whole lot more than that. I I think that's going to bode well. If those guys can keep their heads on straight, I can be kind of bullish about this team, dude. And we're less than two weeks from the Kansas game, preseason number one. I think that AP poll is going to come out tomorrow pretty soon. Uh, am I going to touch on Epsis 46? No, frankly, I, I, it's an exhibition game. I, I flat out, I don't know, even know if I believe it, but lots of guys catch heaters, whatever. I don't care. Does, I don't, yeah, does that, does that, are they going to talk about his attitude on the bench when he has a bad game or when he's, or when the guy next to him goes off for thirty, is he going to be up cheering for him? Yeah, I don't care. Good for him. Glad you glad you got forty six in the game that didn't count. You know, Luke Goody was the best player in the Kansas Illinois scrimmage last year too, supposedly. So whatever. Um, so that's uh, that. That's that. So I'm I'm just excited about what the basketball program has coming. And you know, like I said, we're two weeks away from the Kansas game. It's going to be a ton of fun. So. Oh yeah, prime perfect season, man. Uh, perfect time of the year. My favorite with. Basketball is just starting and football in the mid-swing, and there's things to play for for Illinois football. So my final thought, um, I think uh, it, it could be a mixture of a lot of things, just celebrating uh, some of the Illini football team players who are having success in the NFL. How about shout-out to uh, Tony Adams? Yeah. Uh, Tony Adams with the big interception that helped uh, propel uh, the – uh, New York Jets to an upset win over the Philadelphia Eagles for the first time in Jets history. Yes, they're twelve and zero. The Eagles were twelve and zero against them coming yeah. into that one. And Tony so almost took that to the house. So Tony Adams has earned. He's a he's a definition of don't matter what anybody says about you. It matters about the belief that you have in yourself. And Tony Adams, think about this. I'll give you a little fun story about Tony Adams. So 
seven, eight years ago, I was I DM'd him. I got to know him when he was down in St. Louis, when Missouri wanted him, and he chose to come to Illinois because he believed in Lovey Smith could help turn him into a pro. So I got to know him and his family. They're wonderful people. You know, it was over the years, you know, Tony had a couple big time injuries that took a couple years away. He actually thought about not playing anymore. Yeah. Because he had had so many surgeries and he was tired of it. And then he got a concussion in one of his final years too. And he was just sick of all the rehabbing and he didn't know if it was worth it. And then he had a really good final year, his uh, last year with uh, Brett Bielema, his uh, first year. Um, yeah. So yeah. Brett's first year. And that helped him give him the belief and confidence that he could go be a pro and he wanted to go give it a shot. And then he ended up making the Jets team last year. Uh, and played some meaningful minutes at the end of the games, at the last few games of the year. And heck, when you have Robert Salah singing your praises, giving you the game hard, ball, yeah, and hard knocks and all this other stuff, and then you go get a seal or something for the first time in the franchise of the New York Jets history, like that's pretty cool, man. Uh, and seeing Devin Witherspoon shut down Jamar Chase today, like just he was just just a dog. He's like, look, bro, you ain't got shit on me. Like so Witherspoon is, is a bad man. I think he's a lot better than we thought, uh, yeah. you know, and I got to, and Chase Brown had some meaningful carries today. Yeah. They, uh, they got to, they got to dap it up in the middle of a play. That's pretty fun. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I love that play that, that I think sideline Illinois posted, you know, those, those guys in, in spoon, who's like a nasty fo- fierce competitor. He looked down and realized it was Chase Brown. And I think for a second he was like, and he went over to him like, "Oh, it's my boy." Yeah, he was like, "She was like, what's up, man?" He like, and then Chase was like, "Try, you know, you try to be professional in the middle of an NFL field." Uh, but just love seeing that. And I think Sidney Brown is. Uh, I think he was injured tonight. He didn't play, or he was on the didn't on inactive list for some reason tonight. But also, he's Joe, got a hamstring problem. It's butt yeah. nagging him. He's say that again. He's got a hammy. It's nagging him. Okay, um, but Kirby Joseph, massive plays in the the secondary for the Lions that helped shut down the game today against the Bucks. They're five and one. Just wanted to salute all the former Illini NFL guys who are who are making a difference and who are you know just showing anybody here. Don't give up on what you care about, what you believe, because you can do anything. So I want to shout those guys out. And uh, looking forward to next Saturday against uh, Wisconsin. And that'll do it for me. Swam me out. I-L-L. I and I.